everyone, and welcome to The Vector, where we discuss topics, trends, and insights shaping the global space ecosystem. I am your host, Kelly Kitas Ogborn, and we are coming at you live from the 38th National Space Symposium in beautiful Colorado Springs. I'm so happy to be joined today by Mike French, who is the Vice President for Space Systems at Aerospace Industries Association. Mike, thank you for joining me. Oh, absolutely, thank you so much for having me. And you have had such a distinguished career in the aerospace industry, so if you mind, um, wouldn't mind me indulging the audience a little bit with your bio points. Oh, sure. So, um, as lead of the Space Systems Policy Division, Mike works with AIA's membership to advocate for policies, regulation, and investments that ensure American leadership and strong industry partnership across the civil, commercial, and national security sectors. Mike's experience in the space industry is vast, spanning both commercial and civil, and some highlights include Senior Vice President for Commercial Space at Bryce Space and Technology, Chief of Staff at NASA, where he advised the NASA Administrator, White House, and other governmental uh, leadership on national security policy issues. And in that role, you received NASA's Distinguished Service Medal um, for your work. He has also practiced law in the defense and aerospace sector, where he has advised clients on matters regarding aircraft and aerospace weapons systems. So it seems that there isn't an angle of the aerospace ecosystem you haven't seen, or the space ecosystem. You know, I just, I love space, I love yeah. aerospace, and I've been just incredibly fortunate to you know, have this range of jobs uh, that's taken me to a lot of different pockets, both public and private sector, which is, I think, a really important part of working in the space sector. Well, it is, and you're actually the perfect person to then have this conversation about workforce with, because you've seen it from the government, you've seen it from practicing law, you've seen it from commercial, um, and really this concept of workforce, as you know, is, is becoming a more hot topic. Yep. Um, it was a really pervasive theme at last year's symposium. It continues to be one within the industry, and there's a lot of ways that people think about it. They think about technological capabilities to stay competitive. Yep. They think about retaining and attracting the next generation workforce. And I know that the work that you do at AIA focuses a lot on that. So could you help give us sort of a framework about what is workforce, how we should think about it, and how it's shaping the ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely, and I think you'll hear from a lot of different people. The top three issues in space are workforce, workforce, and workforce, yes. right? And In that order. Uh, exactly, yeah. in that order, right? And you can just feel it here, I feel this energy. You know, in, in the room here, and, and just the, the people, the number of different companies, and that's reflective of what's going on in, yeah. in the ecosystem. And so just a couple things. So what is the space workforce? The space workforce is part of a broader um, workforce ecosystem that supports both aerospace and defense, and that includes civil aviation type yeah. activities. So that whole, that whole sector is about two million people. If we just look at space, you know, sort of the category space, that's about 160,000 people in that space workforce. Yeah. Um, and everything about that, just like the energy here, is really positive. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the last five years, we've had continuous steady growth in the space workforce. Something about 18% growth yeah. uh, in five years according to the Department of Labor. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really exciting about that is space sector pays really well. Yeah. So the average salary in the space sector is about nearly double the average salary in the private sector writ large. Um, so when we think about the, you know, the, the space sector and the space workforce, uh, you really got to think about a lot of energy, growth, strong, high-paying jobs, yeah. and most of them you know, here, in, here in the U.S., right? yeah. non-exportable jobs uh, particularly. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about the workforce, something I like to think about, and you, know, you don't always want to paint in too broad of you know, brush strokes, but something that's important to think about is there's sort of two 
big categories. Um, one of those categories is what we traditionally, when we think about space, we think about um, sort of scientists and engineers, yes. right? Sort of four-year career. satellites, e yeah. Exactly, four-year STEM career type university uh, jobs, right, yeah. or, or, or trained jobs. You know, I think a side that we haven't been talking about in much, but we're starting to talk a lot more about, is the skilled technical workforce, mm -hmm. right? The folks that are on the factory floor that are operating the machinery, conducting the testing that's actually making a lot of this, all of this happen. Yeah. Uh, and so those are two distinct areas that at AIA we focus a lot on um, and employers focus a lot on, but we've particularly been paying a lot of attention, I think, in the last year or so to that skilled technical workforce area. I think that's a really critical point because one of the things that I see within space is sometimes people will self-select out mm -hmm. because they don't think that their background or their skill set yeah. actually fits the fits jobs, yep. but there's a lot of talk about reskilling and upskilling, yep. about these technical type um, vocational trainings yep. and, and other type of programs. Can you illuminate on what some of those are to give something tangible to the audience? Yep. Well, first of all, that is that is just not an anecdote, right? So we did a study to, to try to get a sense of this. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we had a, a formal study done uh, with some polling done, and space is an incredibly attractive sector. Yeah. So two potential workers. It's cool, workforce, I mean, no one's going to say they right? don't want to work can, in space. You just walk around this exhibit hall, and the yes, things you see yes. are just unbelievable, yes. right? Uh, and so space was the number two sector that we saw um, after just technology writ large. Um, about 72% of people said they'd like to work in the space sector. Yeah. But of those people, only 62% thought they could. Right? Uh, so you saw this high interest. So it was put on themselves. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't, and so there's, you'll see a lot of campaigns about spaces for everybody. Um, and, and it's really important, right? Because you see these folks who, they think that it's for rocket scientists only. Yeah. And that's not the case, right? Um, we need a whole range of jobs. Uh, of all skill types, all educational backgrounds, to work in this ecosystem. Yeah. And so, and so we're trying to see a lot of both programs as well as moves employers can make to address that gap. Are you seeing a divergence between technical jobs that exist now and then what people should be prepared for? Because a lot of these younger generations that are interested in space that might want to do something highly technical or in some sort of vocational training now, what should they be looking for? Like what's going to be relevant in three, five, seven yeah. years? So I think that what's, what, the one thing we've done, so we've worked with, uh, with the National Space Council, the Wales National Space Council, on developing a series of regional pilots to look to, to look at this skilled technical workforce issue, mm -hmm. right? How are we how are we making sure we have the pipeline in place to get people employed today, as well as yeah. looking three five years down the line, right? And we we're not done yet. We're still working, but but an early finding that's really positive is these these places we identified that were identified as best practices. There's something there, right? Yeah. So they they know what they're doing, yeah. right? And so what is it a matter of? It's a matter of focus and attention and getting the word out. Which is a good, that's sort of the better problem to have. It, right? it is, yes. And so, uh, to, you know, to your question about that skill building, there's a, there's a lot of folks that are expert at this, at the community college level, yeah. um, as well as in the industry jobs themselves. And so by connecting the folks that are hiring with the folks who are doing the training, we're finding just that pipeline can happen immediately because you do have thousands of people that are interested in space to start, but then when they realize they can get a job doing it, yes. that's the connect, that's the dot that needs to be connected. Yeah. And not only that, through these training programs, most of the time, you're getting paid while you're learning, Yeah. right? 
Um, and the skills that you're learning often start at skills that are widely applicable. Yeah. So things like people that do HVAC work or people that do um, electrical work, those types of skills, getting started in your training there can then be taken into the space context mm -hmm. and additional training happening on the job while you're being paid yeah. to then develop the skills that will be relevant three, five, continuously well, down the road. It, it's such an important message to drive forward because as you've seen, I mean a lot of education, and there is a, there's a lot of importance in STEM, but for a lot of, about a decade now, there's been this push for technical, right? Like yep. coding and, and all of these yes. other things, which are, which are critical, but yep. we still live in a very physical world. Yes. And so there is a need for these hardwired type of skills that people are realizing or becoming increasingly more important or realize that there's a place for them in space with it. Absolutely, and also there's some misconception, there's some myths about what those jobs are, Yes. right? There, there's, this, there's this sort of vision of it being sort of a dirty job or yes. you know, sort of a physically uh, you know, demanding job. And, and I don't mean, there, there's certainly aspects of, of all work that's got, that that's going to, yeah. so I don't, I don't mean to dismiss that in any way, right? Um, but if you think about a space factory, yeah. right? These are incredibly clean places, right? They're, they're, they're clean as your kitchen. You know, I used to work with a colleague at NASA who would joke that when we land a rover on Mars, we don't want to think we found life because we've found a Dorito that someone left on something, right? Or you a know, chip the, bag exa like exactly, going, yeah. right? You need, you need, these are very clean environments because that's important. You have to have a very clean environment yeah. so that things will work and it has to be incredibly precise. And so the type of jobs, you know, on that factory floor, there are people that are, that are know how to use machines. There are people that know how to repair machines. And these machines are some of the most advanced machinery we have in the world, Yeah. right? And so it's a different skill set, I think, than people imagine. And when you, you go and take, you know, people that are in community college programs or, or people who are thinking about maybe high school, you know, high school programs, and they see what these factory floors look like, they see what their job would be, yeah. they see what they're building, there's just an energy that is an incredible selling point for space. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up that anecdote of dirty jobs, yes. right? Because I know that there are a lot of perceptions about what it is to mm -hmm. work in space and what space jobs are. And I know that you've done a lot of that kind of work at AIA. So can you talk a bit about that? Like what people perceive the jobs to be, what the barriers of entry yep. might be? Because the, the challenge is, is that you can you can still educate and get people excited about space, but if they don't actually understand that tangible roadmap, exactly. that's the biggest challenge. No, it's a great point. And so on the, uh, when you're thinking about the factory floor, right, um, the jobs there are the jobs that we need in advanced manufacturing. So they're, they're technicians that know how to operate these machines, repair those machines. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work that if you think about what people do in the electrical field and in the HVAC field, yeah. those kind of jobs are similar to what you're doing on a rocket factory floor. The other thing that's of, of very high demand is welding, right? So yeah. welders, incredibly important to our business. Uh, another job that maybe is you know, not, not quite understood as well is we do a lot of testing. Right, so when anything goes to space, we've done a whole series of tests. Because when it gets, once it gets up there, right, you can't just, it's pretty hard to True. do something about yeah. it, right? We, we're thinking of ways, we're coming up with a lot of cool things to do once it's up there. But you, know, that's, you want to test on the ground so that when you, you know it works and it gets up there. And so there's a lot of jobs around how you test things mm -hmm. without breaking them, what we call non-destructive testing. So things like X-Rain uh, and as I think. In fact, I learned about an interesting program where uh, a company was looking for more of these types of non-destructing test engineers. And what they did is they connected with a community college that had a program for radiology techs, for medicine, for the oh, healthcare field. Oh, that's cool. 
and they realized that it was a very similar skill set to yeah, what they needed for yeah. doing their non-destructive testing. And so again, the people were there who were interested, right? The training was there. It was about connecting, connecting the job with, with, the, with the right resource. Yeah. And they could take those people, and then with some additional training on site while they're being paid, they could start being part of this non-destructive test workforce. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, and I love the idea that you can take a, a skill that you already have and just a small tweak will make yep. it applicable to this really booming yep. marketplace that is really growing in opportunity just day by day. Exactly, and you know, and just now so sort of thinking beyond the factory floor to some other jobs, every job that you have really in any other business, you need them in space. Right? Yes. Oh yeah, so thousand you, you percent. Need to, you need office, you need office support, you need accountants, you need yes. lawyers, you need managers, right? All those jobs, those are all important to the space industry, just as they're important to healthcare or mm -hmm. the energy industry or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Right? And so to me, we have we have a leg up, I think, in space, right? Because we have that excitement, we have that energy. Yeah. And we have a good, like I said earlier, we have a good problem. We gotta let that difference of people who want to work in space but don't think they have a job, they, there's something for them, we got to just let them know that there is. Oh yeah. Right? And, and if we can, we can connect those dots, uh, there's no, I think there's no lack of demand uh, to fill these jobs that we need filled. Well, absolutely, and I agree with you on the, the totality of the ecosystem requiring every background skill set yep. industry. Um, what's really interesting is that I think the earlier that people recognize that they're part of the space ecosystem or have a heritage to space, they can start planning their insertion point yep. and whether it's relevant now or it's going to be relevant in five years. We often say that there's really never been a better time to become part of space. It's just then finding how you have that path forward. Absolutely, and the other part about this is these jobs are everywhere. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're the, in every the, state, every got, locality. The, you know, the, the aerospace uh, infrastructure crosses all 50 states. Yes. Um, the other part about it is, it's, there's a lot of regionalness to them. And you know, I think that there's this perception that sort of people move around a lot. That's actually, the data doesn't show that. You know, people mostly stay oh. um, around where they grew up. Yeah, um, and, or and, go away and come back. Yeah, or yeah, but and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of average folks don't move very far. Mm -hmm. And they look for a job that's near them. Well, it turns out, there's quite a bit of aerospace work in a lot of different areas. True. Uh, and I think something we've learned from these pilots, we have one in Los Angeles, one in the New Orleans area, and one in the Florida area, is how understanding those regional aspects mm -hmm. and understanding both regional demand, regional supply, and regional resources is really important to the success of these programs. Um, because you really need to think about who's that workforce nearby, how do you take advantage of those skills, and, and, and how do you sort of meet workers where they are and where they want to be. Right. So what advice would you give to someone then? So say someone is wanting to enter into space but doesn't really know how to take advantage of their locality, yep. how to take advantage of resources, where should they start? So I think uh, a little bit of difference depends on sort of where they are, where they might be yeah. in terms of, uh, are they you know, sort of in school, are they in a, you know, a, current, a current job? Um, but I'd say you know, if you're in school, if you're sort of in a, in a university program, for example, um, there's a, a great amount of resources uh, at groups like uh, uh, Space Foundation itself, mm -hmm. right, has quite a bit of outreach in, in that area. Also, AIAA, yeah. uh, another group. Uh, there's a, a couple other groups uh, that are focused on connecting students, university students, into the space ecosystem, and they're doing a really good job. So I think with a little bit of work, yeah. you could get a very local connection to a, uh, a group that's focused on space. And what you'll find with the space industry is we're incredibly generous with wanting to help 
the next generation join our field. Oh, absolutely. Because right? many of us, we're in the jobs we're doing because someone else did that for us. Yeah. And we really want to pay that back. Well, and there is that interesting phenomena, interesting and not so interesting, but it's definitely happening in, um, in the space ecosystem, is the aging workforce. Mm -hmm. Because I, I read an interesting data point recently that after the successful launch of Artemis 1, um, some NASA engineers waited to resign after that, right? Yep. And so they were they were waiting to see the culmination of their work actually happen, and so you're starting to see the somewhat exodus, yep. and there are going to be these jobs that need to be filled by younger generations, and it's getting them interested, trained, cultivated, indoctrinated, all of the various things, but the mentorship of the older people in our industry really need to be able to hand down best practices and also create a pathway for them. Yeah, absolutely, and so we've been talking, I think, in the, in the workforce area, right? Yeah. People are talking about this wave of retirements that's yes, been coming for yes. some time. And, you know, and I think not, this is not just space, but writ large, you saw a lot of that accelerated by COVID, yes. right? And, and so we, we certainly saw that in the space field, right? And at the same time, we're seeing 18% job growth, right? Yeah. So the opportunities are tremendous. I was just talking to one company last night, a large company. Last year they hired 40,000 people. Just incredible. That's amazing. Another in large, one year? In one year. Wow. Another large company last year hired 15,000 people yeah. and they're going to hire 10,000 this year. Just unbelievable numbers, yeah. right? And that's a mix of a couple things. That's a mix of these retirements you're talking about, yeah. right? A need to a need to sort of put in a next generation of workers in these spots. Another part of it is just that growth, right? We have a bunch of factors happening to to our field, and if we think about aerospace, sort of writ large, that are incredibly positive for growth. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of one of those. I, you know, I said how commercial aviation is part of our ecosystem. Right. You know, we've seen you know you know pretty tough years during COVID, while things really shut down. Right. We see that reemerging. Right. We see sales back. We see you know the trend pre-COVID of air travel was you know yeah. spectacular, and that's returning. Yeah. So you see that demand back. In the space business, right, we're feeling it here. Oh right? yeah, I mean the energy, energy behind us is great. Absolutely, right? Incredible growth on the commercial side, incredible growth on the civil space side, and real incredible growth on the national security space side. Yeah. That's driving a huge demand push that's meeting this supply, the supply need from both retirements and just making sure people know they can work in space. Well, it's interesting. I didn't realize that some of the companies had that yep. much of a hiring spike. And I know that you work with a lot of member companies that you guys represent. What do what can they do or what do they do to be able to attract and retain talent? Because I also know that within this workforce topic, yep. um, people are fighting over the same people. It's true. And so how do they, one, be able to get the workforce that they need now, yep. but then also be able to prepare for the future needs yep. for what the government's going to need yep. from a customer set? Uh -huh. No, it's, 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 a, it's a huge uh, area of thought, yes. right, uh, and energy. All of us are pontificating exactly. on it. Exactly, right, and, and people are putting some real resources into it. Yeah. You know? So at the, on the skill technical side, you have these partnerships that I was talking about between local community colleges and trying to make them regional efforts. Right. You've got some, you know, a lot of resources and thinking focused on that, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing, hey, this is what we need if we're going to have workers, you know, now in months, but yeah. also three, five down the line. Similarly, a ton of investment on the university side. Uh, and a couple things going on there, right? There's um, a lot of thoughts saying, hey, we can't just partner with the same people we've always partnered with, right? right? We have to expand our basic universities. We have to expand our regions that we yeah. maybe didn't focus on before. And then another thing that's happening that I think is really interesting um, is looking at job descriptions and job classifications, yes. right? That is a huge area it too, is. to be able to potentially improve upon maybe writing it for aptitude and yes. less 
background yep. or history. Exactly, so when I talked about that delta between those people that want to be in space and those people that said there's nothing for them, one of the top, when asked why, one yeah. of the top reasons that came up was job descriptions. You know, when they looked at these things and said, that's not me. Right? True, true. And so we have and some could, real And it efforts. is them. Absolutely, it's yeah. absolutely them. And so you see um, major companies doing very purposeful scrubs mm -hmm. of all their open positions to see, does it, do we really, are we really asking for the right things here? Right, do we need, does this need a four year degree or not? Yeah. Does this need so many years of, of training or not? Right, because there's interesting findings of that people currently in those jobs that are being posted don't have the requirements right. of the people that you're posting this job for, yes. yet they're thriving, right? Some of the best people yes. on the team couldn't get hired for the job that's posted yes. for them, right? And, and people are recognizing that, and that's incredibly important. Yeah, and especially for this evolution where we're going to require such a robust and diverse workforce in the yep. future, while it is important to maybe have somebody that has 25 years of experience in space, the aptitude and the skill set for the job maybe has it in a different industry. Absolutely. So I think I think I think that position description examination is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, I Are also, you starting to see companies flip that? Absolutely. They, oh, good. So we I we were so we had one of our regional meetings uh, just a month ago in New Orleans. Yeah. And one of the topics of discussion was how several companies talked about that's how great. they had successfully made that right. A similar sort of analogous thing that's going on is looking at our veteran community that has an incredible yeah. set of on-the-job training from their, their time in service. Oh, absolutely. And making sure that also translates into job descriptions and jobs. Yeah. Because again, it's one of these things where they have years of hands-on mm -hmm. training doing something very similar to what's being hired, but that the, the, the words and the, and the job types from their active service may not look the same yeah. on that job posting, yet, they are beyond qualified for those positions. Oh, absolutely. Well, and especially for a lot of the um, the jobs that you would have, you know, in theater, in service, you're, you're sort of a jack of all trades in a lot of ways because you've been exposed to a lot of different skills, but you're also extremely highly trained in one vertical. Exactly. And incredible leadership. And incredible leadership. Right? leadership and teamwork team, and working under pressure. Exactly. All those things, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, all, any you know any company who you know who who thinks about this at all yeah. has recognized that and is thinking about how do they you know how do they make sure that they're not putting up unnecessary barriers to tapping into this incredible incredible field right and a group of people that meets the mission of of of, of space and aerospace and, and sort of what we all do right yeah. well and what's nice especially a lot of the viewers that we have on the vector they're domestic but they're also international. So there's a lot more recognition, you know, internationally through uh, emerging space-faring nations and others that um, they want to become part of the workforce, they want to train, they want to engage with the U.S. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons that we can impart yep. um, and a lot of resources that we can give. Um, are there any resources that come to mind that um, the audience could take advantage of to learn more about this? Yeah, so I think one, you know, a, a couple things. Uh, so one thing, on some of that regional training that I was talking about, um, there's, they can, you can look up the uh, White House National Space Council yeah. skilled technical workforce effort, um, and you can read about some of the things we're doing uh, in Florida, in New Orleans, right. in LA. Uh, the Department of Labor is actually putting forward a specific effort just on this, right? Looking at pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeship programs yeah. in space uh, to see how it can make sure that 
those federal resources are recognizing recognizing the need yeah. and putting in a permanent, more permanent structure to support this, right? So it's not just that's one great. Off, I mean, right? it's necessary, yeah. No, absolutely. And then I think on the on the university side, I think some of those you know some of those resources, whether that's Space Foundation itself. Um, uh, AIAA, uh, yeah. you know, some of these other groups, really excellent resources for uh, kind of the, the college university community. That's wonderful. Yeah. As our time is slowly coming to a close, is there anything that you want to talk about anecdotally or anything else workforce related that you think is really important? Yeah, you know, I think the important thing to remember here is there's big demand. Yeah. Um, there's jobs, right? There's jobs, they're high paying jobs. Yeah. Um, and there's a job for you, yes. right? That, you know, we love to be in space talking about how hard it is, how it's, uh, you know, it is rocket science. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure, it is, but all that is supported by every type of job you can imagine. Everyone here. And, and all these folks behind us, right? Yeah. And, and the thousands of people behind them yes. that are in all 50 states, supported by a global trade ecosystem yeah. um, that's making this happen. Yeah, it, it truly takes a village. And to your point, it's you start at one place, but then when you start to peel back the onion, you realize that there's just a um, a lot of diversity of jobs and thousands upon thousands of people that are making the missions possible. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much yeah, for joining you, me. Yeah. And to all of our viewers, um, remember there is a place for everyone in the global space ecosystem. So stay tuned, stay plugged in, and look out for future vector conversations. Thanks for joining.